Hello, welcome to Her Dark Materials. I'm Faye. Hi. And I'm Rachel. Hello. This is usually a podcast where we're reading through and discussing Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials novels, a chapter at a time, spoiler free. But in these special bonus episodes, we'll be talking about the new BBC and HBO TV adaptation of the books, currently airing every week until the 22nd of December. Be warned that there will be spoilers in these episodes for Northern Lights and the other books in the series. So if you haven't read the books yet, come back and join us when you're all caught up or listen to the book episodes. Hi! Hi! <laughs> I feel really giddy today, I don't know why. How, how have you been? It's been a full week since we last recorded. It's true. It's been alright. It's been a week since my last confession. <laughs> <laughs> I've been okay. I've been... Uh, Better, my ear healed up really quickly. Yay! So that's good. That's not gummy anymore. No antibiotics for Faye. Mm mm. Thankfully. And I've not done that much, to be honest. Although I can't, I've got really bad short term memory. So if I did something last week, I can't remember what it was. We went for Christmas dinner. We did. This I, re- I do remember that. I remember that. We <laughs> did. Go for about Christmas me. Dinner. No, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, it was really nice. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Been quite nice. I've, yeah, actually had a normal ish week for me, which was nice, kind of just running. I opened up my shop after the convention and I've just been running to and fro from the post office, uh, pissing off post office staff, basically, because I'm the person that walks in with, like, five parcels and it's like, this one's going to Australia, this one's going to America, these are for the UK, and it's all tracked and signed. <laughs> and it's like, they hate oh, me. I, I forgot, actually, I don't think I even told you this, but I did do this thing where, last Tuesday, I... I signed up to be a mentor to, like, young girls. And I went to that matching evening to, like, get matched up with someone. And it was really nice, although it was very exhausting. Because it was, like, speed dating. And you get, like, you have to talk to, like, each person, like, each young girl that's there. And, like, see who you like. Or who they um, like the most, because they get to choose who who they want to be with. Like a little sister program, but not yeah. that. Kind of like that, yeah. yeah. Have you so, got someone then? Uh, I don't... Buddy? I haven't found out yet. Because they, they could choose, like, their top three people. Um, God, it's but, like picking teams. Right? But I was like, what if nobody chooses me? <laughs> what if no one wants me? So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But I have to do, like, training in January. Mm, that's <clears> cool. And, do you have to get all, like, CRB checks and be very yes. official? I, uh, nice. I got that through... The other day, and it came through, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" I was like, "Oh yeah, it's my background check. Mm-hmm. I'm not a criminal. You've got to be safe." Yes. Yeah. yeah. I had to do all that when I was a a young leader at Girl Guides. Oh my god. Me and my mum ran a brownie brownie troop. Oh. Mhm. Oh, we're a bunch of leaders in the team. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I feel like I was really busy last week. I'm just gonna check my little diary. You've been mega busy at work. Uh-huh. I've been. I say I'm busy, but it never feels like I'm actually busy because I work in my I work in my pajamas. <laughs> so it's busy. Though. It, it feels like I've not got a real job. I totally don't. Do Being you know self-employed what? is <laughs> is imaginary. Do you know what we did do? Went seeing that before Christmas. Oh an orchestra. Yes, did. Yes, you may have seen it on our little Instagram. Yes, stories. It was so good. I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Got very emotional. Yeah, like Danny was, really was there, and he was great. He was loving life. Mm-hmm. Catherine O'Hara was. An absolute queen, as always. Royalty. I love her so much. But yeah, so I've been quite busy, I suppose. Yeah. And I'm tired now. I've only got one week left at work until I'm off for Christmas. Yay. So Yay. I'm looking forward to nice. that. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I'm a bit frantically kind of trying to get 
all the things done that I think I need to get done before I go home because mm-hmm. at that point all my little online shop has to close and I've got to be all ready to go. Yeah. Done. Uh, done, sir. Yeah. yeah. And I'm house hunting at the moment. Oh, That's yeah. fun. Uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. It's fun because you're trying to find somewhere nice to live, but then it's stressful, especially in London. <clears throat> especially as someone that's freelance yeah. and self-employed and then them kind of looking at you like, mm, but do you have a real job though? Can yeah. you pay for this flat? And I'm like, I hope. I no. can try. <laughs> but, yeah. I have been doing for the past seven years. So. I think I'll be fine. But yeah, yeah, it's, and everywhere in London gets like snapped up so quick. You have to be so quick. If you find something you want, you've just got to like get it's on very, with it like, straight away. high pressure, high tension. Yeah. Shall we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. What did you think overall? I'm not sure. I think it was, for what they had to pack into a single episode, they did well, mm-hmm. I think. But it should have been two episodes. Mm. Because the tension that should have been the build-up and the horror that was from the th- the thing that they're doing at the station being revealed would have been way more impactful as like a cliffhanger at the end of an episode. And then the great escape happening after yeah. in like a whole other episode. Mm. Whereas they like had to pack it all in, and then they packed in a bunch of stuff right at the end as well. Yeah, just so that we could get to where Lyra needs to be next. Like I don't know if they had a limited amount of episodes to cram this the books into, or if they considered quite hard what would happen in each one, mm. and it has to be eight episodes or whatever. But it did feel like it deserved more episodes, or that it could have cut into the last episode because. That was all in one place. That was all just the Lost Boy. Mm-hmm. And that was like, eh, maybe that episode would have been better if they'd have crammed some more of the station into it or something. Yeah. It was super intense. I find myself just being like on edge for like the entire episode. I agree with you. The bit at the end with um, the balloon and... The cliff gas. Yeah. Yeah. Could have been, on, should have been the beginning of the next episode, I think. Somebody tweeted us actually and they were saying that the cliffhanger was just moot because... The next when it said next time on his dark materials, it's just Lyra, and it's like, well, all right, I, we can probably guess that she's not going to die, but yeah. like to leave it on a, a cliffhanger where she's just fallen off a balloon. In a post Game of Thrones world, we've learned that main characters can die at the end of the first season. Yeah, <laughs> so like, yeah, it was a bit silly to have that in, but I've I've thought that about all the next week ons, all the little previews. I've had basically like an entire rundown of the episode. Yeah. They felt a little bit, I don't know, just a bit much. Mm. I kind of, I want more of a teaser than a full trailer yeah. for the next episode. To be fair though, with this episode, I think it's my second favourite behind the one that I love that had loads of Lynn in it. I was really upset the whole bit where they're putting Lyra in the little cage thing and they throw a pan in and they throw it in. Oh god, really that's mean. proper harsh. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. whole bit I got like, I was really like on edge about it even though I knew, like kind of knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And I was like... I don't like it. And poor little fucking Bridget, man. She just wanted to have a dinner. I know. Yeah, if we go from, like, right when Lyra gets set in there, the first thing that happens is a kid gets taken away and she just doesn't see them till towards the end of the episode. And that is, if you split it into two episodes, Mm. my theory would be Lyra would get there, she'd bond with the kids, she'd make some friends, and then at the end of the episode, her particular friend would get taken away. Yeah. And then the next episode would start with, like, Lyra, like crawling through the ceilings because some of the ins and outs of how Lyra's getting ready to be they're different which is fine like I'm all for an adaptation but then I also think if the book had a better idea of how this happens then do that so like Lyra 
in the books gets thrown in the cages to have the indecision done mm-hmm. because she like is heard like spying on yeah. people and like listening into conversations and they're like what do we do with this kid that's heard information we don't know let's make her useless whereas like for some reason they just randomly targeted her mm-hmm which I didn't quite get. Is it because we kind of established last episode that sh- they thought that she was on the brink of going through puberty because they scared Pan to see if he would change? Yeah. So maybe they just want to get her over and done with before that happens. Maybe. I thought it was interesting that you don't see Lyra in the vents, but you see Mrs. Coulter in the vents. Yeah. And, and then she like squats ooh, at a table yes. for bloody ages. Well, that's that's <laughs> kind of what we were talking about, like whenever it was like second or third episode where she like weirdly hits that kid's back when just before he dies. Yeah. It's very monkey-like. Yeah. Of her sat like that. I quite liked it, And actually. her, um, when she's, like, fucking screaming at that door. Yeah. And, like, her last scream is really animalistic and very, like, apey. But it was also a bit much. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter say they really liked the, the uh, Lyra and Miss Coulter both screaming at the door. Yeah. I laughed out loud because I too. thought it was a bit much. Like... I can see why they did it, but I think they just let it go on too long. Yeah. Like, especially because Lyra's trying to run away. And Pan's it's, literally like, come on, Lyra. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they it, they just hold it for a couple of seconds too long. It's like, have one scream and then run. Don't yeah. just be, like, going back between the two of them. You could understand why Mrs. Coulter would be screaming more than Lyra, because she's just been locked in a room. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a bit, a bit much for me, but I wasn't a massive fan of it. I'm trying to think, like, what else happened that I liked, because so much happened. When Lyra and Roger start the snowball fight and go and find the demons in the cages, mm-hmm. it hurt to see the little the little rabbit bashing its head against the yeah. wall of its cage. <laughs> that was one of the bits where I was like, that's, I want everything about this episode to be that heartbreaking. Yeah. I think I just want to be broken by a TV <laughs> show, because, like, some of it, maybe they've lightened it up slightly, because they know it's more of, like, a... Not for children, but like, you know, it's very much about children. So yeah. like they don't necessarily want to get too dark too fast. I wanted all of it to be as dark as that moment when you see the little rabbit yeah. bashing her head. Why do the kids have shaved heads? Mm, I don't know, because if it was necessary for the process, wouldn't they have shaved Lyra before they put her in? Wouldn't they have shaved them all as they went in? Yeah. Rather than doing it when they pick them off. It's a bit weird. Yeah. That was a bit weird to me, because I thought there's no... Surely if they wanted it to be... Um, a thing that happens to everyone. They would have just done it as soon as they came in and got their little, like, snowsuits. They would have just shaved Maybe it's part of post-indecision processing or something. Because, like, if you just get all these kids in the station and you start shaving their heads, they'll probably be more likely to rebel, misbehave, whatever, freak out if you just shave the heads the moment they arrive. Whereas if you wait until you've made them placid and unresponsive and basically fucked them up before you shave the heads then they're not going to whinge when you try and shave the heads and then maybe what it's easier to keep them clean because they've lost the ability to clean themselves and wash the hair and yeah stuff. maybe I, I just felt really sorry for Bridget poor Bridget poor Bridget she just wanted to eat her dinner I know right <laughs> fuck's sake why didn't they just right. well, <laughs> I love how much that in particular has annoyed you <laughs> like oh, for fuck's sake I just her finish her goddamn dinner oh, she didn't even have a bite she didn't have one bite bless her mm. justice for Bridget how did you feel? So on my, I hate that the witches fly like Superman. How did you feel when Seraphina Peckler basically turned into a Death Eater? And yeah, like, it was a bit weird. It was a bit odd, wasn't it? Mm. I like it better than the flying like Superman. I didn't hate it. I thought like as a scene on TV, it looked quite cool. Yeah, I think like anyone that's not read the books and isn't expecting anything from that character, they just feel like oh cool. Mm. But I didn't. I didn't hate it. It was fine. In the books, I don't remember 
Mrs. Coulter being so emotional with Lyra, she full on like tells her about being her mum and how much it meant to her and blah blah blah. But I don't remember seeing an emotional Mrs. Coulter for a long time. I think she's initially, if I'm remembering rightly from the book, she's initially very emotional because she drags she like physically drags Lyra out of the cage herself and she like hugs her and is like, I would never let anything happen to you. But then I think it becomes much more like prim and proper motherliness mm. and much more like, there, there, dear. And she's kind of putting on much more of a show of motherliness yeah. in the books, okay. I think. So it feels more staged and calculated, perhaps, in the books. I think there was still, even though she was like getting super immersed, there was still that level of manipulation there because obviously she wanted she wanted the Elise Elmer from Lyra. Yeah. And basically she was just, I mean, she might have felt that way, really, yeah. but she was doing it to serve a purpose. That's true. I also wish in that moment when Lyra's freed from the cage, she runs through the window and stares at Mrs. Coulter and they have that like through the window moment. I really wish she'd scooped Pan up and given him a hug mm. first because I feel like the most important part of that moment is her being saved from being severed from Pan. Yeah. I think she needed that like connection moment with him of being like, oh my God, never let anyone take you away mm. from me again. The, I said, I've said this before, but... The actor that does Pan's voice mm-hmm. is so cute. I was really, really upset when they were both really upset in the cages. I did not like it at all. I was yeah. like, I don't like this. Um, ooh, that's what I was going to say. So I was watching it with Liam and he, he's he been watching it with me, but he's kind of like in and out of watching it. So he'll be like on his laptop or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not been like really intensely watching it. And I asked him at the beginning of the episode, um, when they start taking, like they take Bridget away and stuff. I asked him what he thought that they were doing to the kids. Mm-hmm. And he said, his first answer was, are they trying to see which kids can read the alethiometer, if any of them can read them, which I thought was interesting. Then his second guess was which kids uh, react to dust, which is a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting. I was like, well, I don't think they'd be as traumatised if they were just going in to try and read an alethiometer. Yeah. It's interesting because obviously having read the books, we know what they were doing. And then, like, I had assumed from the last episode, having them having found little Billy without his demon, that the casual viewer that hasn't read the books might have gleaned that what they were doing was taking demons away. Yeah. I guess that wasn't, like, heckin' obvious. <laughs> because, yeah, I'm interested to see what Johnny thought, actually. I failed to ask him. <laughs> I think as well, I, I, like I said, I've only read the books once, so I come at it from a little bit of a more... Like, because I forgot loads of things. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's that obvious. I don't think it was that obvious that they were severing <clears throat> kids from their demons. Okay. Um, because I don't think that the importantness, if that's the word, mm-hmm. of demons to humans has been fully laid out yet. Uh, I don't. I think that we've seen a lot of demons and we've seen people talk about demons, but I don't think how important they are has been fully stressed. I think we have had... We have had, like, Lee say, like, oh, it's it's like a manifestation of your soul and all that kind of stuff, and it came mm-hmm. up at the beginning, but I think there's something something tiny missing that maybe, like, if Lyra, like, hugged Pan a little bit more, or maybe they had conversations about, like, what uh, they meant to each other and all that kind of stuff, there's something slightly missing from those conversations, because I think it's quite it's quite a hard thing to, to grasp, because if you're just a casual yeah. viewer, it's like, oh, that's just their animal friend. It's even just stuff like the moment when the guy grabs Pan in the books, obviously because you're getting it from Lyra's point of view, she gets this like horrific sick feeling in her stomach and passes out because it's so unnatural and horrific to have somebody touch your demon. Whereas like he just kind of 
grabs Pan and it's really sad you hear Pan do the little squeak and Pan faints and then she faints. Yeah. But I almost wanted like a moment where the camera like rolled over so that as a viewer you got that like sick feeling of like yeah. everything is wrong. Yeah. Like I wanted some way of us feeling that physical sickness yeah. of somebody touching your demon. We didn't get that. He just grabbed Pan and she fainted, which lays it out. It lays out what happens, but it doesn't... Maybe having things like that in there would give you more of that, like, that connection, that feeling of, like, that, like, proper connection. Yeah. And if we knew as well that touching someone else's demon is a taboo, because we, I, we've we not had that yet in the show. No. So, like, when he picked him up and she... They both fainted, we don't know yeah. why. It's not happened. made... It's it's not said explicitly. I feel like in the books it's not explicit. It's just explains that Lyra's aware there's a taboo, etc., etc., like, through mm. the different parts. And part of that is explained when... Pan like lets the lost boy in the books lets the lost boy pet him. Yeah, yeah. Part of that is all explained through, and I think in order to make the impact of somebody grabbing Pan without consent, and so much more in the books, which then we've seen people kind of touching other people's demons before in the TV series without it being fully explained that it's such a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I want more of that like sickening feeling. Yeah. It. My first note was. Oh my god, when her and Roger see each other. Yeah, little Roger. He's, He's so, cute. so cherubic. His little, little cheeks are so cute. He's so cute. Yeah. Oh, bloody Mark Oster snapping that person's neck. Yeah, that was a convenient cut away from the camera in order to make <clears throat> it watershed appropriate. So, <laughs> this is the thing, that's exactly my thought, and it annoyed me a little bit because, well, actually, I wonder, because I, I thought. Right, when they were filming this, would they have known what time it was going to be shown? But would they have known that it was going to be on pre-watershed? Because they clearly filmed all of it. Yeah, yeah. and it was a really awkward cutaway because the the, um, sound uh, sound effect as well sounded more like a punch rather than a neck snapping. So I said to Liam, I think I blinked, and I was like, did she just snap his neck? And he, he was like, yeah. I was like, oh, well, why didn't they... Show yeah, it then. I think maybe they couldn't. I wonder if they'll release the DVDs of season one yeah. and if it'll be in the DVDs. Mm. Because also, next week's episode airs an hour later and also could potentially include some quite graphic content if it's done well. So, again, the same... Is it because of the content or is it because of the Strictly final? Exactly, That's right. the question. <laughs> is it because of Strictly Condensing? Yes. Um, well, I suppose for people listening in America, so... It airs on BBC One at eight o'clock at night on Sundays, and that's before that Strictly Come Dancing is on, which is like our version of Dancing with the Stars, and it's the final next week. And I assume that that'll be on longer. That is my thought. I thought it was just on later because of Strictly. Yeah, um, but we'll see. But also, if they've got that, if they know that when they're editing, maybe that does mean that they'll have taken more risks on the episode. They'll yeah, like maybe kept more stuff in or. Hopefully. I, I wonder with the next snap if it was super annoying for them if they if they got told by the BBC to change it that must be so annoying mm-hmm. like you've got this episode that you're super happy with and like a scene that you're really happy with and then somebody's like oh you've got you've got to well, take it out especially with because they are trying to do like a darker version of his dark materials than what the film was and mm-hmm. they're trying to make it more but if you're on before the watershed that does limit you quite heavily yeah especially you're basically doing like you can get about as scary as Doctor Who and that's it. Yeah. Whereas, like, if it was just an hour later, you could you could do some serious shit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Did you think that it made Mark Oster more like the Mark Oster that you want? I don't know, but I did appreciate the little cut back to Mark Oster and John Farr wandering along. And you know how I was like, 
are they a thing? Mm-hmm. I feel like they're a thing, and then we weren't sure because they're very like cordial and not like romantic with each other. But they have like a nice little moment where they're like, Billy would have been proud of us, like getting the kids out and stuff. They talk about how like, oh, Lyra will be fine. She's mm-hmm. strong, and then they like they hold hands, Aww. and like you kind of get this thing of like maybe, maybe they do have yeah. something going on. I think I think they're fucking yeah. <laughs> Um, I have a note that says, sometimes I just make myself laugh with the notes I write down. Hot Priest on BBC News. Oh, yeah. Hot Priest. A.K.A. Andrew Scott. A.K.A. Will's dad. Yeah. John Perry. Yeah. Yeah. Have a little section of him on BBC News, which I enjoyed. Because at first, when Will's got this laptop on on his knee and it's really dark, I was like, is he watching porn? It's like, nope. He's watching a video of his dad on BBC News. (laughs) I mean, very, very different things. Uh (laughs) Yeah. And I liked that we had, like, a little snippet into Will's world, a little mm-hmm. snippet into what's going on with him, but not major, like no major plot progression, just like we know that Will's got more of an interest in what his dad, where his dad's gone. He's kind of been told as a kid mm-hmm. where his dad was going and stuff. Yeah. But I think he's not thought into it super hard since then, perhaps up till now. Yeah. And he's doing a lot more of that research, especially now he's seen that his mum had letters. And that's nice, that's interesting. But also, we didn't stay there too long because there was stuff going on with Lyra. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, it was nice. Really, realistically, they didn't really need to put it in, did they? No. But it was fine. I, it was, it. I, I yeah. enjoyed that it was there. It was nice. It was also nice to like re, re-point out that Hot Priest is going to be in it. So. Yes. Yeah. So when they're in... Uh, so we're back with the kids in the... Bolvanger? Yes. The station? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and Mrs. Coles comes in and Lyra hides on the bed under the bed what fucking upper body strength has she got she like holds herself under that bed frame right and it must be like doing a thousand crunches like she must have yeah. really good core yeah yeah. It's but then also well. how does the monkey not see her because she's like panting she's like <laughs> like holding on and the monkey's just like <laughs> like I wish they'd put yeah. him on Colter's shoulder or something yeah. so that there was no way that I know it added tension but it also made it less believable that yeah. he wouldn't have been like Oh, there's someone clinging onto the bed under here? <laughs> Guys. We can all hear them because the yeah. room is pretty much silent apart from Mrs. Colt to yeah. speak in. You can definitely hear her. Just... I like that um, little hint of um, rivalry between the girls and the boys. The girls were like, we're going to have it neat as hell in here because they will not be picking one of those. They will be picking a boy, which <laughs> is like sinister as fuck, yeah. pitching the kids against each other. Mm. But also like a nice little bit of camaraderie in your like kidnappedness. They have um, a good explanation of dust from Mrs. Coulter, mm-hmm. which we haven't... We've had bits. And also how they believe it links to your demons. Yes. yes. And how it's sinful to mm-hmm. have it. I still... If somebody asked me what dust was, mm-hmm. I still waver on my explanation of what it is. Mm-hmm. And Liam was asking me what it was and why they're doing it. And I got there in the end. But like it doesn't come to me immediately. I have to like think about it. It's something that I guess you you do kind of discover with Lyra, with the other characters, as the books goes on, like, just reveals more and more of itself. Like, yeah. they're discovering more about it. Uh, but I couldn't, like, it takes me a while to get there. Mm-hmm. And then Liam asked me, and then that scene came on. And I was like, you just, you just watch Mrs. Coulter mm-hmm. explain it. Also, I'm wondering if that partially explains the dysfunctional relationship between Mrs. Coulter and her demon. Because she's talking about how, like, oh, when you're little, your demon is your best friend, they're your best pal. But when you hit puberty... Like, it's the demon that brings the bad thoughts yeah. into your head. It's the demon that brings sin into your life. And I'm like, what has that monkey told her to do? Yeah. Or why does she hate him so much? What mistakes did she make as a teenager that she blames him for? Yeah. Because, yeah. like, 
everybody's got to come to peace with whatever stupid shit they did as a teenage yeah. self because puberty fucks you up and then you become a normal human again. So, like, it's kind of partly, for me, explains why Miss Coulter is so mean to her demons sometimes, if that's how she sees demons, if that's what she sees as a yeah. bearer vehicle to bring sin into your life, then, like, no wonder she is so mean to that monkey. It's really shitty. Yeah. I wonder if, she, if what part, like you said, if she blames the monkey for everything that happened with Azriel and having Lyra and her husband getting murdered I think she's, like, carrying a lot of shame. Yeah. Definitely. And, like, in a way that I think is powering her internal, like, rage. Yeah. And um, the way that she wields her power is probably significantly influenced by a lot of the shame that she's experienced and probably a lot of the prejudice that she's had to deal with because of the things that she's done or mm-hmm. the things that have happened in her life. Still no excuse to hit your monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Not fair. Here's a little monkey. And also, still no excuse to go around cutting children up. Oh, God. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting that explanation of dust from mm-hmm. Mrs. Coulter because that's one of the first aside from Azriel's PowerPoint at the beginning it's one of the first explanations that we've had of, of dust as well yeah. Yeah. Um, because people like the Egyptians who are like the adults in Lyra's life that are good and like their master and people like that and stuff they've not really spoken about dust if they even know what it is like it's this like higher thing going on while everyone's doing their like yeah. their like day to day it highlights so, as well the difference between Asriel and Mrs. Coulter. When we heard Asriel talk about dust, he didn't mention anything about it being sinful and bad. Mm-hmm. You kind of get the vibe that he is interested in what it can do and wants to explore it more. And what it can do for him. Yeah. yeah. And Mrs. Coulter just blatantly said, it's evil, like it causes sin, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So we now know that they're on opposite ends of this belief in dust. Mm-hmm. Which will hopefully then come to a head in the next two episodes. Again, James McAvoy, he's not here. I know I know that Asriel has been like captured by bears, but also he must have made a pretty penny from being in this. He's literally also, in the first episode. I read a thing um, on Twitter, I think, that was mentioning that he was a super fan. Like in an interview, oh. he said that he'd read the books through at least three times. He's listened to the audio books at least twice. And he's listened to the radio play like three or four times. And he's like obsessed with it. And he was really, really like keen and happy to get on the project. Oh, Which is cute. Oh, maybe he, maybe his rate wasn't too high because he was just like, please, 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 let me <laughs> I just want to be in it. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. Speaking of people that love the books, mm-hmm. Lynn was really good, and he, how much he loves Lyra. Mm-hmm. It's when he's talking to Serafina and he's talking about his love for Lyra. Although I know it's a very fast, pay, uh, fast moving TV show, but I was like, you love her, and you only met her like two days ago. Yeah, like it's quite fast moving, but yeah. I don't mind it. It's cute. Maybe they just needed to do more montages of time passing. Yeah. Kind of between the episodes. So like we had a little bit of a bit of like, oh, the Egyptians are travelling to get further mm. north towards Bolvanga. Like we had them like just pushing a sled around a mountain. Yeah. And maybe just like more like little cuts of uh, Lee and Lyra together. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, just like maybe we needed like a few nights in a row of them like camping and it's really obvious that they're eating together, they're cooking together. They're, yeah. Like all this kind of stuff maybe. I thought it was sweet though. I really enjoyed... When Roger gets on the balloon and Lyra's blatantly not told him that Yorick's a bear. Oh, <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's not what I pictured. 
<laughs> like, well done, little Rog. Oh. And Yorick being really sassy when he's yeah. helping out, and he's just, I think he says something like, are oh, you welcome? Or yeah, something. you're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> oh, sassy Yorick. We were laughing at how ridiculous he looks in that balloon, because he's so big. Yeah. <laughs> There's the shots of Yorick and all, uh, Roger and Lyra and Lee in the balloon, and he just looks fucking massive. Yeah. But also I love that... Um, he totally looks like a little armadillo yeah. with all his armour on when you see him from the back and his little booty. You know that you get the pink fairy armadillos that like they're fluffy under the like plated armour. He looks Aww. like a little pink fairy armadillo. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> He's cute. I think yeah. they've really made an effort to make him more likeable in the tv show not that he's not likeable in the books but he's definitely not that sassy in the books he's just very human yeah he's very straight down the line this is me you i will help you because there's an interest in it for me kind of thing Mm -hmm. and then obviously they grow and have that relationship as they as they go on like towards the end of the first book and stuff but very much now where we're at in the tv series he's definitely not like yeah Hallie. i also feel like you couldn't have him and lee be such good friends if he didn't have the sense of humor because yeah. they've made lee have such a like strong sense of humor strong like yeah like a sassy kind of piss takey kind yes. of humor with especially with yorick that if he was like only took stuff seriously yorick would have ripped Lee's head off long ago yeah because he'd have made a sassy comment about him being ugly looking or something <laughs> but yeah i was a little bit confused as to why when the Egyptians are leaving, they're taking the, the lost kids and they're mm-hmm. taking the demons back. Why they've not reunited the kids with their demons. Mm. And also, I don't think I noticed any of the staff that was had supposedly also had their demons come yeah. away. I didn't notice any of them have demons with them. Which I feel like would have shocked Lyra and the other kids earlier. Yeah. Because um, mm-hmm. the lady that's like, Nicholas, my Nicholas... I think they might have done it as a bit of a surprise because yeah. it. I, Liam definitely did like a bit of a huh when Lyra said to the that woman, your demon. "Yeah, what's your demon's name?" But like, I feel like I remember in the books they describe, and especially in the way that Mrs. Coulter talks about it, about saying like, "Oh, we don't take your demons away. You can have them. They're like a lovely pet mm. afterwards," which is also like heckin' sinister, being yeah. like, "I've taken this part of you." But you can still it's have intelligent it. and part of you, and yeah. you share thoughts, you share feelings, all this stuff, and I've made it into like a little pet that isn't connected to you in any way. But like, it's a part. Like that's really sinister mm. to me. They, and so I feel like I missed the fact that like this, uh, the the staff in the center had the like glazed look and had demons that also had that glazed mm. look and looked really like zombie-ish. I wonder if they're going to explained that you can't just be given your demon back and it'll all be okay because that was one of the things that Liam asked, Liam asked me he was like yeah. well if they give them the demons back will they, would they just be fine again and I was like no because they're literally severing them yeah like, this is the the link that connects you yeah. is gone but I think it wasn't like yeah it wasn't super clearly explained which I kind of and I think maybe that thing of having the staff with their demons but there clearly being no real connection between them but I don't know how you explain that yeah, it's I, I very think, easy in a book to say they have glazed eyes and there yeah. clearly is nothing. I think it would just yeah. need, it mean like uh, it would need Lyra or somebody to ask the question to like Mark Oster or something, yeah. and then her saying, "Oh no, even if they were given back, they we wouldn't be the same." Mm. Yeah, they do make a point of being like, "Oh, you know, they can't even talk anymore. They're just they're just like dumb animals now," which is really sad. And I missed. I feel like Kaiser had more of a role in the books than he did in this episode, which is fine. Um, whatever 
Still mad that he should, he should he should be a goose, so <laughs> don't make the hawk show up, whatever. Still still sour that he's not a goose. <laughs> I don't know why it annoys me. It was um sweet, like all the Egyptians giving the kids a hug and stuff when they yeah. like rescued him. That was really sad. Have you ever watched Avatar The Last Airbender? Ugh. No, I haven't. Sorry, okay. I thought you meant Avatar as in the shit film. Uh, Avatar. No, 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 no. I mean, that. also they did make a shit film of the amazing kids TV show. Right. No. Um, but like the whole thing is, 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 is the the little boy that's the main character has a shaved head and he wears a lot of like orange and red robes. And just when they all came out with their heads shaved, my housemate Sarah turned to me and was like, "Oh, they look like little airbenders." Aww. <laughs> it was really cute. But also, no, they're not. <laughs> no, something. Yorick just mowing people down. I enjoyed yeah. that. Also, just conveniently, the station in some areas has a roof, and in some areas is just outdoor corridors, so <laughs> that Yorick can like wander around and scoop people out of the sky. <laughs> well, you know, convenient. <laughs> I did enjoy the general fight scene because they did quite a good job of how hectic it was, especially when they also had to include all the demons exploding into dust, exploding yeah. into like nothingness in the air and stuff. It was quite. Good. I like that Lara got proper bashed into, falls over. Yeah. Colt is like creeping in the doorway. Yeah, it was yeah. good. I, I liked everything that Ruth Wilson did this episode. Mm. Not that I've ever complained about her thus far, but mm. I really did think that she bloody did an amazing job, especially when she was like crying and stuff. Just She's a good it's crier. Interesting decisions because I think a lot of people will be like, this isn't a Mrs. Coulter that I read because mm. she's so clearly emotional and so clearly like slightly damaged like she's got her own mm. she's got she's got her damage and she's dealing with it you don't get she's very polished in the books you don't get that but i quite like that they've added layers yeah i i like i it. like yeah i quite like the portrayal as being a lot more like an emotional and slightly unstable i think maybe. because they've made her into more of a main character in mm. the tv show in the books you obviously meet her and she's a prominent character but there's a lot of parts in the book that she's not around for. And because the TV show is compact into these eight episodes, she's now a main character. And it'd just get a bit samey if she had oh, yeah, no definitely. emotional connection at all. So I think given her that, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it I think it works. And I think it's good. It gives... It'd make her more like a Disney villain. Yeah. And that's not what she is. She's it gives, got more layers. Yeah, it yeah. gives her more like conflict with people and stuff as well. Mm. Which I think is good, like especially between her and Lyra. It's that scene where she's manipulating Lyra and Lyra's manipulating her right back. Yes. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, I loved um, Lyra handing her this firefly tin. Yeah. And her being like, oh, how interesting. You've soldered it together. What a strange thing to do. Yeah. And like she's immediately gone from this like emotional, trying to connect with my daughter, yada yada. But she has something I want. And the moment... She's given the tin, you do get that selfishness. She's straight back into like, oh, let me get into this. And that was very like monkey with a tool kind of yeah. vibe of her trying to like get in. And then her little monkey's like on the table, just like, what is it? <laughs> Still looking cute, despite being a little monkey prick. <laughs> oh, a little monkey prick. Oh, I liked that. I liked that like immediate like switch off of emotion. And then like... Yeah. In, into oh I'm now trying to do something that oh yeah me. it's like as soon as she like she like slowly reaches to get it out of Lyra's hand and then as soon as she's got it she's like oh oh a thing that benefits me yeah let me cool. sort it out yeah how did you feel about the two scientists I feel like we've not necessarily gotten into it I like that they made 
the head scientist a woman. I feel like in the books it has it has been a man. I don't think mm-hmm. it has necessarily mattered. And it was interesting that she was the one that was really, really cold, but he's the one that got the bigger comeuppance, almost, in terms yeah. of like, he's the one that's like showing all this regret but doing it anyway. Mm. Um, and she's just being really cold and like, you know, it's all for furthering our careers. But she just gets a little stabby from Sarah, Seraphina, mm-hmm. and he gets like a full on Mark Austin neck snap. Yeah. I would much rather see a character be completely, like, stone-cold bitch like she is Mm. than have a bloody wet fart like that guy was. That guy really annoyed me. Like, he's like, it's like, you either do it or you don't do it. Don't stand there and just be like, oh, I don't know if I should be doing this, and then do it anyway. Like, just... Don't pretend to be the nice guy and then do a thing that makes you absolutely abhorrent. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So he really annoyed me, so I was quite... Happy when he got his sex um, And yeah, like the head scientist, I think she does a good job of being fucking evil. Mm-hmm. Like showing. Very Maggie Walsh vibe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, from yeah. two Buffy fans there. Season yeah. season four's Bitch Monster of Death. Bitch Monster of Death, yeah. Yeah, yeah very much that vibe, which I, I appreciated. And I do think I kind of, yeah, had more res- respect for her in her just like stone cold soullessness. Yeah. I liked that. I kind of did think that that guy at the beginning, when it when it showed him like wavering between like whether he agreed with it or not, mm. I thought that he might have some kind of part in getting them to escape, which I would have liked better for his character. And like a small amount of a redemption. Arc. Yeah, but yeah. They, they just didn't do that at all, and that's fine. Like, I think that worked too, but it just made me. It worked with him just being a coward. Yeah, which is. Which is why yeah. I think that's a payoff of him being murdered by Mark Oster, although it was yeah. pretty brutal, but. If only we saw it. Yeah. I liked that it was a little bit of um, like a double take mm. of like, she snaps the neck and the kid screams and you think it's because the kid's reacting to having seen someone get their neck snapped, but actually it's because there's someone behind her and then it's fine because that person's to get shot and then there's Lee there with his like smoking <laughs> gun and it was a lot of like, meh, 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 the fighting's going to start now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. quite liked. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they did definitely do that fight scene really well. Mm. And the Tartars being like general like, they're so, like, in their outfits. They're so wrapped up in furs and stuff that they work quite well for, like, a kids' TV show generic villain where it's, like, henchman number five kind of yeah. vibe of, like, you don't necessarily need to know who they are. You've got the feature characters that are standing out, but everyone else is so dressed up in their winter woolies mm-hmm. that you can't really see their faces, so they can just get killed willy-nilly. Yeah, yeah. It was very, like, classic TV trope, but I was, I was fine with it. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I wonder what the next two episodes will be like I wonder how it will end because we're already bringing in themes from the second book mm-hmm. what's going to be like I know it's not what's going to be the the definitive end for this season before we move on to the next one my prediction if you will be annoyed at me for somehow spoiling something that I don't know about then maybe stop listening now but <laughs> my prediction for the next two episodes is Svalbard and the bear fight mm-hmm. finishes the next chapter, the ne- the next episode will finish with Lyra arriving at Azriel's house potentially, mm-hmm. or maybe the bear fight will take us to part way through the last episode because Lyra's going to then arrive at Azriel's house. All the horrible shit's going to go down with Azriel and the experiment and all that kind of stuff. And I think the last moment of the TV series will be, and at the same time, all the horrible shit's going to go down with Will and his mom, yeah, and the cat and the stairs. That's why I think the main 
themes of the next two episodes are going to be. So the final moment is going to be Lyra steps through over the bridge and Will steps through between the hornbeam trees at the same exact time because that's how I think it would be really fucking cool. Oh, that would be really cool. Yeah, yeah. I want that. That's what I want. That's what that's my prediction slash wish. Hmm. Make it happen, production team. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't already done it, just go back and edit the <laughs> Completely last Completely re edit and refill. No, yeah, I think that would be really good. Mm, yeah, and I can see that definitely happening yeah you can see it fitting because if they have um everything happening on Svalbard because they have seemed to be like location 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 like everything in an episode seems to be relatively contained either of a journey from A to B or in A and then in B Mm -hmm. kind of like starting it yeah all within one place so it makes sense for them to do everything on Svalbard with the bears in one episode and then everything with Lord Asriel in another episode I'm wondering if there's enough to fill that episode, which is why I think Will's story will take a kick up the ass yeah. in the last episode in order to have them hitting the same point at the end mm, of the show. That's fair. And James McAvoy's going to earn his paycheck in that last episode. Bloody well better do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Friday to discuss the seventh episode of the TV show. And we'll be back on Monday with our discussion of Chapter 5 of Northern Lights, The Cocktail Party. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, bye. Bye, 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 guys. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> uh...